Hey ABC, we're so glad you're joining us today. My name is Megan Miranda. I'm the Women's Ministry Director here at ABC, and I just wanna wish you a very happy new year. We are glad that you are kicking off your new year here with us, and we've got some things coming up here at ABC we wanna make you aware of. First of all, coming up just this week, we've got Senior Breakfast on Wednesday morning at nine o'clock, and then we've got Mom to Mom on Thursday morning at both 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. So head over to the website for Mom to Mom and sign up there for your kiddos to get registered. It's abcchurch.org slash mom to mom and we would love to see you there. Uh, hey, this time of year is a great time to get plugged in, to start some things new. And we have got some small groups that are coming up that we would love to make you aware of. It's just a great time for you to get connected with us here at ABC, to meet other people, to grow in your faith. Um, and so we would love for you to join one of those. We've got kind of a slew of groups for you to pick from. For example, we've got a group starting here in January called New Year, New Friends. This is a group for uh, families with kids to get together, to get to know each other, and to fellowship. It just meets once a month for three months. Again, you can head over to the website abcchurch.org groups, and you'll find information on all of the groups that are starting, and you can register there. Uh, in women's ministry, we've got groups starting. We have Bible studies starting Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, our Tuesday study is uh, starting on January 11th. We're gonna go through the book of Exodus and you can find the registration info for that on our website as well, abcchurch.org women. Uh, we've also got a connections class starting. This is such a fantastic way for you to get to know who we are as ABC. You'll get to meet some staff and pastors and also other uh, folks come into ABC. So head over to the website. You can sign up for that as well. It starts January 23rd. It's a five-week class and we would love for you to join us. Hey, we're so glad that you are joining us here today. Have a great week. Hi, ABC family. Welcome. We're so glad you tuned in and Happy New Year. Here we are in the early days of 2022. Uh, this is a time of resolutions. Some of you might be making New Year's resolutions. I don't know if that's you or not. I have in the past. Um, there have been years where I've chosen not to. Uh, but just full disclosure, I hope to compel you this morning to make a New Year's resolution. And just in light of that, let's think about how most New Year's resolutions go. According to research, uh, somewhere between 48 to 59 percent, so half to 60 percent of New Year's resolutions have to do with three things, eating healthier, losing weight, or exercising more. So in other words, people are recognizing at this time of year, it's time to take care of these bodies because they're just not what, what, <laughs> what they used to be, right? But the Bible has this to say about that kind of priority. It says, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. We find that recorded in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. So there, Paul is telling Timothy, yes, bodily training, these earthly bodies, training those is of some value. He's not discounting that. But he's saying it's of greater value if we dedicate to train ourselves toward godliness. So if we're going to do that, ABC family, if we are going to look at the year 2022 
as a year of making a resolution to train ourselves for godliness, if we're going to take God at his word, how do we do that? We need to know something about God. And God is a self-revealing God, which is great, right? Um, the Bible is very clear in Romans 1 that all creation declares God's glory. It, it, it tells us that he exists and it declares his eternal attributes. That's what theologians call general revelation. But there's also something that theologians call special revelation. There's special appearances that God makes to people, either via angels or dreams or visions, things like that. We see those recorded in the Bible as well. But scripture itself is actually the primary form of special revelation. It's the, the, the most reliable way that we can hear the voice of God today. And so it's no wonder then that Paul exhorted young Timothy by saying, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. That's in 1 Timothy 4, verse 13. So you see, folks, the Bible is unlike any other book. It is the special revelation of our God, the one true God, who basically writes a series of love letters to his people so that as we read them and understand them, we get to know who he is so that we can come to know him and grow to be like him. And so today, I hope to give you seven reasons why you should devote yourself to reading God's Word in 2022. Seven reasons. Let's pause, let's pray, and then we'll dive in with reason number one. Father, here we are in the early days of 2022, and uh, we acknowledge, Lord, that you are our God, and we acknowledge that we need to know you. We want to follow you. We want to understand who you are. We want to understand who you have made us to be. So would you help us to dedicate ourselves to reading your word regularly in this new year? We pray that you'd help us to understand why as we unpack these seven reasons now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So folks, the first reason to dedicate yourself to reading God's word in 22, it's that God's words have power to change things on earth. So when you start reading the Bible in the first chapter of Genesis, Genesis 1.1, the first look that we get of God is one of great power. Listen to this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Just like that, God speaks, and his words create out of nothing something called light. That is power that I know nothing about. I have never been able to speak anything into existence. But that's the first glimpse that we get of our great God. That is a kind of power that is unique to our God. Jesus, when he walked this earth, he displayed this sort of power too. We catch a, a glimpse of that in the book of Mark, chapter 4. And Jesus has been teaching, and he gets into a boat. I'll just read the story for you so that you can catch the, the whole context. I'll begin reading in Mark, chapter 4, verse 35. 
On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking on the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with a great fear, and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? So just like in Genesis, when God speaks and things come into existence, so too, thousands of years later, Jesus, walking the face of this earth, asleep on the boat, when he's woken up by his disciples, and they're scared because they think they're going to die in this storm, he says, peace, be still, and the wind ceases, and the waves become calm. That is sovereign power of our God over his creation. So God's words also have power to establish and to strengthen faith. We find this in Isaiah chapter 55. It says, my word, God's word, the Bible, shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I have sent it. So God has promised that his word has power and it will succeed in the thing for which he sent it. And the thing that he sent it for, I understand it to be establishing and strengthening faith amongst his people on earth. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith it is impossible to please God, so that makes faith essential to the people of God relating to God. And in 2 Peter 3.9, we see that the Lord is patient toward us, and he's not wish willing that any should perish. So it means that if we can't please him without faith, and he's not willing that any of us should perish, that God's word must be powerful in establishing and strengthening faith on this earth. Now, I surrendered my life to Jesus about 22 years ago today. It was the early days of January of the year 2000, and I was reading Patrick Morley's book, The Man in the Mirror. Now, Patrick Morley's book uses a lot of scripture, just scripture after scripture after scripture. And by chapter three, he's made a very convincing argument that I was a sinner in need of a savior, that Jesus was his name, and that if I called on him by faith, if I put my trust in him, that Jesus' righteousness would be given to me and my sins would have been paid for by Jesus' death and burial and resurrection. And I did that. Uh, January 2nd or 3rd of the year 2000. So I am living proof that God's word alone has power to change things on earth. God's word has power to establish and to strengthen faith. After reading Morley's book, I began to read God's word every morning before I went off to work, and that's still my habit today. And God's word has an ongoing, transformative, sanctifying effect on my life that no other book has ever had on me. 
And I just want you to know that if you are willing to expose yourself regularly to God's Word, God's Word has the power to establish and strengthen you in your faith. God's Word also has power to make people holy. This is a process that theologians call sanctification. We see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Paul says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. So when God's words are proclaimed by faith and received by faith, God's word is what's at work in our hearts and in our minds, making us more like Jesus, helping us to trust Jesus and understand who he is. God's word is what is at work. And Jesus himself said in John 17, 17, he says, sanctify them in the truth. So this word is God's truth. And as we expose ourselves to God's word, we become sanctified or we become more like him. We become holy. And that is what we are doing as we live here on this earth. We are seeking to devote ourselves to reading God's word. And that's the first biblical reason to do that, is because God's word has power, heavenly power, to accomplish things or to change things here on earth. Now, the second reason <clears throat> to devote yourself to reading God's word regularly in the new year is that God's words are truth in a world filled with lies. Our culture is one of lawyers and contracts that are the size of books all because we live in a culture with people who are willing to tell lies in order to get what they want. And this isn't new to us either. Some 3,000 years ago, the prophet Jeremiah recognized this about the culture in which he lived. He says, everyone deceives his neighbor and no one speaks the truth. So standing in sharp contrast to the deception of the world is our God who never lies. Psalm 119, verse 160 says this, The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. And again, Jesus' words recorded in John 17, 17 say, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. See, folks, this is how we discern truth from lie in our culture. We become so familiar with the truth with what is as God has declared it to be by exposing ourselves regularly to God's word that we began to be able to recognize a lie. We, we can see a lie and call it for what it is because we know the truth. I've also seen this in our lives. Um, back in 2010, my mother-in-law Janice lost a battle with cancer. And through a, a round of chemo, her white blood cell count went down and she caught a common cold and the cold ended up killing her. And this, of course, sent my precious wife into a tailspin of depression. And she began to just isolate and she, she stopped reading God's word and she, her heart just kind of became calloused and hardened, and understandably so. It's a 
terrible thing to lose somebody close to you that you love. And she just couldn't see things for what they were anymore. And I became convicted that it seemed like she was beginning to believe some lies. She knew that God was sovereign. She knew that God could have healed her mom. And yet she doubted his goodness because he chose in his wisdom not to heal her. And so in the midst of this fog, the Spirit convicted me, Gerald, you just need to read the truth of God's word over your wife regularly. So in the midst of her isolating, I would go up into the bedroom and open the word and begin reading it to her. And at first she didn't like it. She said, no, don't do that. And yet I, I pressed on. I was stubborn. I was persistent. I, I had a conviction from the Lord that this is what I needed to do. And I just kept reading God's truths over her and saturating her mind by filling her ears with the truth of God's word. And eventually we were able to filter out truth from lie and recognize that she had fallen prey to believing some lies about God. I've had to battle that myself with, with my own uh, disappointments in life, recognizing that I can tend to, when circumstances aren't going the way I want them to, I can tend to begin to believe lies about God. But when I read truths about him, that's when I recognize the lie and, and can take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So the second truth or the second reason that you should regularly expose yourself to reading God's word is because God's words are truth in the midst of a world filled with lies. Thirdly, God's words equip us for good work. We find this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So it might be helpful if we define what good work is. If, if God's word is what makes us competent, if God's word is what equips us for every good work, what does that mean? Good work is just any kind of work that we do to the glory of God. Remember, God gave Adam and Eve work to do before the fall. So work is not a consequence of sin. Work is a good thing to busy ourselves with as a means of displaying the image of God on this earth. God set us up to be his leaders on his earth as part of his creation. So to do good work is to do work that glorifies God. And we can understand what glorifies him as we read his word and understand what pleases him. But there is no secular divide and no sacred divide. So it's not because I'm a pastor that I, I'm doing sacred work and because you may be a home builder that you're doing secular work. That is not, that's not the case. That's not what the scriptures say. The scriptures say, whatever you do in word or deed, do all to the glory of God. And that is good work. Now note, God is going about the business of building his church on this earth, and he has a unique role for you and for me to play in that. We are to make disciples. So we can use our work platforms, whatever they are, in the home, outside the home, use those work platforms to do good work of making disciples. 
of proclaiming Christ to people who need to hear him. And we have a unique role to play in God's kingdom. So as we lean in and um, proclaim him to the people around us, they have an opportunity to hear and receive and grow in Christ. And that's how God builds his church up. So the third reason that we are to devote ourselves to regular reading God's word is that God's words equip us for good work. Fourthly, God's words endure while people rise and fall. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 40, beginning at verse 6. He says, A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. So we live in an age where there are celebrity pastors and celebrity leaders, influencers even. But these people rise and they fall. But it's only God's words that endure. So we need to keep ourselves regularly exposed to God's words because as the leaders who now have influence over us, who are helping us grow in Christ, as they come and as they go, it is God's word that changes us, God's word that impacts us. The Anglican Bishop of Liverpool, his name was J.C. Ryle, and he is quoted for saying this, the best of men are men at best, meaning they're frail, they're fallen, they're mortal. None of us will live beyond a hundred years probably, right, on this earth. And the things that we say will be remembered maybe a generation or two, but God's word, by contrast, endures forever. And that's the fourth reason that you should regularly expose yourself to God's word in this new year is that God's words endure while people rise and fall. Now the fifth reason to regularly expose yourself to God's word is that God's words empower us to stand against Satan's schemes. We see this so clearly explained by Paul in chapter 6 of Ephesians. We pick that up in verse 10. This is a familiar passage. Most of you will recognize it as the armor of God, right? And the point is, is that most of this armor that we read about is defensive armor. But I want you to keep an ear tuned for what our offensive weapon is. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Did you hear what Paul called the word of God? He called it the sword of the Spirit. This is the one offensive weapon that God gives us. The sword of the Spirit, the the word of God, and prayer. We use those two things to wage war, to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So what does this look like when we actually put on our armor, when we actually take God at his word here in this passage, and we wield faithfully the sword of the Spirit? We see a picture of that in Jesus' temptation recorded in Matthew chapter 4. So in Matthew chapter 4, we see a miraculous story of the Spirit of God compelling Jesus to go into the wilderness. We pick that up in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And right there, Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. We pick up the story in verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. So now Satan himself is quoting scripture, trying to use God's word, twisting it, to coerce Jesus into sinning. Verse 7, Jesus responds and says to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And here he quotes Deuteronomy 6, verse 16. Verse 8, And again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And as he did that, he quoted Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. So three times Satan tempted Jesus, and three times Jesus successfully warded off the schemes of the devil by quoting Scripture. And this is the most compelling reason, I think, that we need to regularly read and meditate and memorize God's word because when Satan comes and tempts us it is God's word that provides the perspective to help us stand firm against Satan's schemes. The sixth reason to dedicate yourself to reading God's word in the new year is that God's words make our prayers effective. We see this in John 15 verse 7 that says, this is Jesus, the upper room discourse before he goes out to the cross. He's talking to his disciples and he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish 
and it will be done for you. That's quite a promise. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But did you notice the qualifications? If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Those are the qualifications. Who doesn't want their prayers to be more effective? I sure do. I want the things I pray for to come true. I want the people I pray for to be blessed and to grow in Christ. And right here, God is saying, if I abide in him and allow his words to abide in me, somehow that will flavor my prayers so that I'll be praying things that are effective for them. And God is promising to bring those things about. Doesn't this make you want to dedicate yourself to praying the scriptures for people? We have beautiful examples of prayers in scripture written by Paul. Um, you can find them in Ephesians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, just to name three. And those are some sweet, sweet prayers that he prays for the Christians in those specific churches that you can be praying for yourself, or you can be praying for your family members or your loved ones. You can be praying that for your pastors. You can be praying that for your children. And God loves to hear and answer prayers, especially prayers that are influenced by his word. So the sixth reason for you to read regularly God's word in the new year, God's words make your prayers effective. And the seventh and final reason that we should read God's word regularly in 2022 is that God's words fill us with joy as we obey them. This is also found in John chapter 15. I'll pick it up in verse 9. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So who doesn't want to have a new year filled with joy? I sure do. And if we want a year filled with joy, we've just been told by Jesus himself how we can do that. We abide in him. Abide in his love. Well, how do we abide in your love, Jesus? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And if you do these things, he says, the reason I've spoken them to you is that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. So God's words bring joy in our lives as we obey them, as we keep and obey his commands. And so, if for no other reason you want to read God's word regularly in this new year, it's to have a joy-filled life because God has promised that's what his word is and does for us. And joy is a marvelous motivator. Joy is what motivated Jesus to go to the cross and die for you and for me. Listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, 
despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It was the joy that was set before him that empowered Jesus to endure the cross, even despising its shame. And if joy motivated Jesus to die for you, don't you think that joy could be a motivator for us to live for him? To live a life in this new year, 2022, a life dedicating ourselves to regularly reading God's word, to reading it alone, ourselves, or to reading it with our spouses or our children, maybe our neighbor, co-worker, maybe a stranger that you meet on the street. Who might God want you to be reading God's word with? That's, a, that's worth praying about. Joy motivated Jesus to die for us. And his joy can motivate us to live for him, motivate us to spend time in his word. And that's, that's my pitch. That's my hope. That's been my prayer now for a few weeks, is that we, the ABC family, would be a family that hunkers down together in this new year and resolves to read regularly God's word to expose ourselves to the truth of it, to allow its truths to change our minds and to change our hearts so that we end up looking more and more like the image of Christ, the man who saved us, the God who loves us, and the one who is coming again to usher us into the fullness of his kingdom. So as you set out on this new year, my exhortation to you would be to make a New Year's resolution to read God's Word every day. We've got some simple tools um, to help you with that. You, you can just grab your favorite smart device and open your favorite Bible app. There are plans on there that you can find to read through the Bible in a year. Or if you're old school like me and maybe you want a paper copy of something, we've got something here at the office that we can hand out for you. Anything to get you in God's Word so that you can be exposed to his truths and allow his truths to change you. So folks, here we are in a brand new year. Let's dedicate ourselves to reading God's word and to invite others to reading God's word with us. Let's see what God's word wants to do among us this year. Let's pray. Father, uh, your word is compelling. It's, you've given us seven clear reasons that we should devote ourselves to reading your word in this new year. And I pray that at least one of those reasons would be compelling for everyone who hears this message. And I pray that the net result would be that we would all dedicate ourselves to reading your word daily. Lord, we trust that your word will accomplish that for which you've promised, that for which you've sent it, that you would establish faith in some. It's possible that there would be people who come to ABC in 2022 for the first time because you saved them because they started reading your word. And it's highly probable that every one of us will grow into a higher degree of conformity to the image of Christ because we spend time in your word this year. So Lord, I pray that your spirit would convict your people to read your word in humble dependence on you 
And we pray that you would have your way among us this year as you change us by your word. We thank you and we praise you that you're a prayer-hearing God. We offer you ourselves now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in, ABC family. Have a great week and a wonderful new year. And I look forward to seeing you in the near future. Bye-bye.